on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield, from Old Chicago, welcome to the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Old Chicago, home of the Aggies Coaches Show. SC Needham Jewelers, where Utah gets engaged. America First Credit Union, financial solutions for every need. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Larry H. Miller Dealerships, driven by you and by Stokes. Stokes Trucking, doing the right thing since 1979. Now, the Aggies Coaches Show. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerrard. One, Utah State and BYU also look back to a loss to Boise State on uh, Saturday, but a little time to focus in on that one as uh, this game's coming up on Friday. Only six days to prepare as, of course, uh, Blake Anderson kind enough to join us coming up a little bit later on. We get a chance to chat with uh, Nick Henniger as well as Derek Wright, who's in the building. So a couple great uh, student athletes here, especially two guys from the state of Utah. So a lot to break down, but Coach, uh, thanks for uh, hanging out with us again. And uh, obviously, you and I had a chance to talk earlier today, but disappointing one against Boise State. Um, and, and we talked a little bit in the postgame show about this as well. At no point did I feel like Boise was more physical, was was more talented, just some execution in in that game that kind of held you up a bit. Yeah, and that's, that's the frustrating part. I just feel like a lot of self-inflicted uh, errors that, that cost us the opportunity to be in a, in a really good game. I we uh, we moved the ball up and down the field. Uh, at times, we we controlled the front on both sides, ran the ball. I mean, Calvin had over 120 yards. Had a couple pops where it's just us to the end zone, and we got chased down. If we can go ahead and get those in the end zone, uh, a couple chip shot field goals that we we just yeah. executed really poorly. Um, yeah, very frustrating because I, I don't know that you know. Obviously, first time through the league, I hadn't played Boise in years. Just me personally, I don't know exactly what. Uh, our expectation was, but getting on the field with them and, and physically playing with them, uh, you felt good about that. The frustrating part is that we just made so many uh, kind of uncharacteristic type errors that uh, we really have not made in the first three weeks, and it just didn't give ourselves a chance to, to win. Now, I, I was very clear. I think we made some coaching mistakes as well. We, we uh, did not make as good of adjustments in this game as we did the first three weeks. Uh, I made a couple of mistakes. I thought just game management-wise could have could have helped us. But uh, that game could have very easily been 10-9 to 9 at halftime and us not even be playing well. Yeah. It's a completely different game in the second half if that's the case, but just too many mistakes. How often do you go back, and and probably on short weeks, probably next week during the bye weeks, a chance where you probably have a chance to do it, but self-scout and kind of analyze in-game decisions, things like that. Do you, do, you, do you beat yourself up over that stuff? I don't know. You can ask my wife. She's sitting over here. I didn't go home till late that evening. I, I went straight back in and started yeah. watching immediately following the game. Uh, I, there's no way I was going to be able to sleep if I didn't go through it. So we we immediately dissect it. We, yeah. we don't put anything on the shelf. We, we try to make as many notes as we can. If we played the game again tomorrow, what would we do differently? What did we do poorly? What, what mistakes did we make uh, schematically? What mistakes did I make as a head coach? Game management. What mistakes did we make technically on the field? Uh, what what parts of our scheme did we like? What parts do we not? Even in this game, what adjustments did they make? And then what adjustments did we uh, did we make in return to that? And I thought that was a big that was a big impact in this particular game. We've made really really good in game adjustments the first three weeks, uh, as we saw how people were defending us, as we saw how people were attacking us, and in this particular game, we did not do nearly as good a job of 
number one, making in-game adjustments, but also some of the ones that we did executing those. I told people, you know, when you look at five of seven on third down in the first quarter and one of ten the rest of the game, clearly they made some adjustments that we did not adapt well to. You know, that that is something that you don't see that staggering yeah. of a change unless they did a good job adjusting to what we were doing and we didn't really in turn do the same thing. Uh, and those are the frustrating. That's immediately go back to the tape and make very extensive notes and also dissect it with a team as yeah. a group on Sunday. Uh, to, or, or on Monday, sorry, to make sure that we don't make some of the same mistakes again. What do you felt like they did to try to take you out of the game in that second half defensively? Because your offense has been so high-powered and was high-powered, especially in the first half, and then things kind of bottled up there in the second half. You know, they obviously they changed some coverage looks that, that we really didn't see on film to try to bracket and double some areas, which obviously created some some opportunities in the box to run the ball, which yep. we, we did well at times. The problem is if you take that approach getting down there, at some point you run out of space. You got 22 people in a very, you know, small space, and we were not good in red zone. One of four, settled for a field goal. We've got to get touchdowns there. If we do, completely different game. Yeah. Uh, you look at the, the week before, we were able to get the ball in the end zone. The week before that, ball in the end zone. Even when we had two against Washington State, ball in the end zone. Settled for way too many uh, field goals. Stalled too many drives. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, they did start taking away some things, forcing some one-on-ones that, that, that we didn't match up well in. And then when we did have some, some runs, we'd get bottled up down there close. Blake Anderson, it's the uh, Coaches Show as we get you ready for a big one against BYU coming up this weekend. Um, I did want to take a step back, though, and look at the grand scheme of things. You're 3-1 and one after four games. And I know sometimes after a loss, sometimes people kind of go, you know, glass half empty, but – it's still a hell of a start for this team. And, and do, you, do you take some time and remind your players that? Or, or what's what's the message to a team after a difficult loss like that? Well, I mean, we really kind of just focused inwardly on, on the things that we that we need to do better. And it yeah. started with me. Again, should have taken a timeout early in the first quarter. When we've got the field goal try, we're taking forever. But I've got an opportunity to call a timeout there. Maybe it could calm us down, you know, give us an opportunity to make sure that we get that, that field goal in and get three points on the board. Um, you know, the, the, the punt fake, that's completely my decision. And it's also my decision to call a timeout when the look changed late. We've run that same fake or a very similar fake a couple of years ago in a, in a similar circumstance. Close game, needing some momentum. Gave us the same exact look. We executed it. It popped for about 35 yards. We go down and score. But the look changed very late. I should have called a timeout and given our guys a chance. Either talked about what we needed to do or just punt the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, I made mistakes as well. Uh, you know, but I did tell them the same thing as if, if you look at the, the way our schedule is set up, the quality of teams that we're going to play in the first five weeks, there's a lot of people who said we'd be lucky to be one and four. Considering what, what last year looked like and new season and new people and new staff, and but our guys didn't accept that, neither did we. I'm proud that we're three and one. I'm frustrated that we didn't play better. Yeah. Uh, I truly believe that was a game we could be right in there in the mix all the way through and potentially win if we play our best football. So... Not big on moral victories, but I did. I do. I am very proud of how our guys are playing and responding, and the attitudes and effort and energy that we get. It's keeping us in every game. Probably won two games we shouldn't have won, you know. So we are sitting here three and one instead of you know one and three. So I, yeah, I am proud of them, but I'm always expecting better. There was a Boise State drive, and I, 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 if memory serves me right, I think it was their first touchdown, um, where they go down the field and 
and there was uh, the Metzenheimer looked like he forced a fumble, and they wouldn't review it, and you're barking with the official. You don't have to comment on that if you don't want to. I'll be happy to, bar- to comment on that. I, yeah, I was barking it. I, should, I thought it should have been. I should, at the, least take a look at it. I thought they should have buzzed it. Yeah. I was trying to get it reviewed. Yes. I didn't apparently use the right terminology to get them to shut the play down. I told them I wanted to look at it. Yeah. I should have said timeout. I want to challenge it. So I'm getting used to the league and how they we communicate. Uh, if I told the previous conference officials that I wanted to look at it, they'd have shut it down. I didn't get the same response. Now, on further review, they still claim it was not a fumble. I've looked at it a million times. I still believe it oh, is. So, we just, so they got we back just to agreed you on it, huh? to, We just agreed to disagree. Yeah. So uh, I, I would I would have liked to have seen that looked at from as many angles as they had. Yeah, I think the ball came out early. But uh, but it, it they did also play fast. If you remember, they tempoed yeah. the next play. That's normally a pretty good indicator that they're not sure if it was a fumble or not either. Yeah. So anyway, it, it's there were so many other plays in that game that that would have been impactful. That particular one, you know, it, it, it probably not the biggest play of the game. But there was you know that play on that drive, and then there was a penalty on that drive, and it just kind of felt like this team felt like you know the world was against them at that point. How do you relay to your team to say, hey, look, I know, look, you're not getting calls. Things are going against you. Don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. Because I think after that, the defense actually really settled in. And no, for the they most did. Part played pretty well in that game. You know, they kept us in the game. Yeah. They kept us in the game. And, and there was a lot of mistakes defensively that we uh, that we addressed over the weekend. But they they played physical. They are chasing the ball. I mean, we got, we're got we getting 11 hats to the ball. One of the guys we're going to talk to here in a little bit yeah, yeah. kind of sets the standard for that. And, and Nick Henniger, I mean, he just flies with the ball every snap. Um, they kept us in the game. They did force a couple of field goals. They did to get some third down stops and force punts. If you'd have told me they were going to score 27 points in a game, I said we win every day of the week. Yeah. We just didn't play well enough to get that done. And there's never in my mind that, that I think we're going to come out of the game with three points. The way we've been moving the ball and the way we moved it Saturday. Yeah. I mean, we moved it up and down, outscored, out, out gained them by 30, 40 yards. It's just finishing is the key. You know, yards don't matter. Points matter. Yeah. Uh, Blake Anderson joining us. It's the Aggie Coaches Show. And coming up in our next segment, if you've got questions for Coach, we'd love to hear from you as well. Also, you can reach me on Twitter, at ScottyGZone, and you can uh, get your uh, tweets in, and we'll read as many of those as you possibly can uh, to Coach and get some questions. Uh, this is a good BYU team you're facing. Very. Really, really good team. And to me, I think it starts with their offensive line, really. Yeah, it does. Uh, or their fronts in general. Yeah. Yep. Their, their O-line is massive, long, um, Grown men, yeah. grown men. Uh, a lot of those guys probably got futures at the next level. And being able to be disruptive and, and make them uncomfortable, which if that's possible with our speed and our quickness, um, is going to be a huge. We, you know, we we dealt with this with Washington State. I think it's just dialed up another notch. Honestly, we dealt with it a little bit. Boys, they are big and long as well. This is clearly the, collectively the best offensive line that we will probably see all season. Huge task. I think we do have quickness and speed on our on our end. They have size, length, and power on their end. And, and who uses their strength, you know, to the best ability yeah. that day? Who who executes the best at those things? You know, for us, we've been able to just be disruptive with quickness and speed. It's going to be it's going to be big in this one. Uh, they uh, Jaron Hall's been the starter for the majority of the season. Baylor Romney came in, and frankly, they didn't drop off at all with him at quarterback. Uh, I guess you probably prepare for both those guys. Uh, they're a little different. You know, Jalen can get out there, or Jaron can run it a little bit, but Baylor can get out of the pocket and run it a little bit too. Yeah, I don't think it's a huge difference. In the, uh, in a short week especially, we can't have two yeah. completely different plans. we got to know who's in there. And 
and and Hall obviously has a little bit better feet than than Romney. But man, they're both quality players. And you're right, the other night, I mean, he dialed it up, and he's got weapons, and they protected him, and he's pushed the ball way downfield. Uh, I don't think it really matters which one of them's on the field. They're both really good players. And then, of course, on the defensive side, uh, I know that they gave up some some yards and some points late in that game. But for the most part, I don't know if that game was really ever in doubt against South Florida. No. I mean, that, they, they really had control of that thing and maybe, you know, slipped up a little bit defensively. But that's still a really good defense. Very good. A lot of length there, size as well. Uh, they, they are so well built in their front that allows them to do some things in coverage that protect them. Uh, it is, it, you know, we're going to have to get them out in space, use speed and quickness yeah. there again, try to make them play a little bit different game than they want to. That's hard to do because of how good they are up front because you don't normally get a whole lot of time to do a whole lot. You better get it out quick. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing too, and, and you've been up against these kind of defenses, um, you know, maybe not to quite this level, but, you know, you could tell when you were playing Washington State, those one, two-yard runs became five, six, seven-yard yeah. runs as the game went on. Yeah, it's going to have to be. We're going to have to be patient. We can't just abandon and, and do things outside of our character. It, it may not look pretty early. Some, a lot of the matchups are going to be in their favor or just physically. Yeah. But, again, the wear and tear of the game, the tempo, hopefully if we can extend, get the first first down and make them breathe a little bit, make them chase the ball a little bit, get them out in space with quick wideouts, uh, with our spacing and with our tempo. I mean, if we can get that kind of momentum going, then, then the system, the formula, yeah. it will play out. It will be difficult for them to, to chase the ball and, and play extended snaps. Uh, so now they play a lot of guys, and hopefully we can make it hard for them to do that as well. You know, with the speed of the play that we have, maybe, maybe we can make it tough for them to substitute. So there's some things that if we execute well, we can be very, you know, we can, we can make it really difficult on them to do what they're supposed to do. Um, can I maybe get you in trouble with officiating again? Sure. All right. I, I doubt they're listening. To no, be honest no, they're with. not. Uh, so, Calvin Tyler breaks off the big run. Yeah. Um, you bring in, I believe, Gentry, and in doing so, they really hold the ball. And I don't know if it's that crew or what, but they really hold it to make sure because they, you know, letter of the law, they have to allow teams to come yeah. in. But when you can slow play that as a defense and kind of take your time yeah. making your adjustments, then you're behind the gun on the play clock. What's the, what's the What's the kind of rule, and is it up to interpretation based on each crew? It's it's way up to interpretation. It's talked about that you give them three seconds to, to start a change, and then how fast that change happens uh, is really up to each crew. And, and we've had some crews that would kind of speed you up. Hey, like, we're not going to give you any more time. We're going to back away, play yeah. ball. They they obviously took it as far as they could take it to slow things down. And, and if defensively they're going to let us do that, we're going to do the same thing when other people sub. So – each, each group kind of has their own tempo of operation, and you're kind of at, at the mercy of how that goes. So there's not some hard fast, you have three seconds or whatever the case is. Well, the, the, the hard fast rule is if you don't send somebody within the first three seconds of the other person subbing, yeah, then, then we're not going to hold it. But beyond that, once you start the process of subbing, they, it is a lot of leeway into how fast you have to get in and, and off the field. Okay. And, and if, if I'm playing a fast-tempo team like yeah. us, I'm going to try to stretch that as far as they'll let me. And exactly. They, they did a pretty good job of that the other yeah. day. Yeah, they did. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. Uh, your questions for Coach. We'll talk more about this BYU game as the Aggies uh, kicking off uh, a big one against BYU coming up Friday. Remember, Friday night, 7 o'clock kickoff pregame show begins at 6 o'clock right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield.
Welcome back. You're listening to the Blake Anderson Coaches Show. We're live here at Old Chicago. By the way, if you want to win additional prizes, come on down here with your USU Credit Union card. Flash that thing out and uh, let us, uh, uh, let's hook you up some prizes. Just show Ajay your card. He won't look at the number, we promise. And, uh, and you have a chance to win other great prizes right here at Old Chicago. All right, your chance to ask questions. If you've got a question for Coach, just raise your hand, and we'd love to hear from you. If you've got something you'd like to ask or some question about the team, uh, we'd love to hear from you if you've got some thoughts as well. Uh, but this is a BYU team, and, and I remember uh, you would just, the introductory press conference, you and I did a little Facebook Q&A, and I told you before, I'm like, we're going to be three questions in before a BYU question pops up, and sure enough, there did was it, one. Did was we one make it to third? I don't, I don't know if we made it to the third. It, yeah, third. it may have been the first one. But I thought it was. I thought it might have been the second question. But it didn't take long for people no. to uh, bring up, and I'm sure this week, everywhere you go, people want to talk about this game. You know, I, I love that though. You know, the last seven years in Jonesboro, we didn't have a we didn't have a rival. I mean, we kind of made one up. Yeah. Uh, but it was kind of just a competitive rival. But we didn't have an in-state rival. You know, Arkansas and Arkansas State have not played, although they're going to play in 25. For the first time in forever, I, I was watching when when you got the job. I was watching some old interviews, and you were you were goating them pretty good. Oh yeah, trying to get them to play. You dang right we were. We'll, 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 if they're not going to play us, what's what's you know why not? But yeah, I have had the luxury of being a part of some great rivalry games. You know, the Carolina Carolina State uh, in football, the Carolina Duke basketball. That was an amazing environment. You know, we really had a great rivalry at Southern Miss with Memphis. It was kind of a border war type deal. It was a great rivalry. My four years there. Uh, you know, I, even at New Mexico, New Mexico, New Mexico State yeah. was a huge game every year. I love that about college ball. Love it about high school ball. That natural, hated rivalry. So I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I wish we played them in Utah both every year. I think it would be amazing. Uh, so, you know, I'm gonna battle to try to get that done. And this is one I know. Yeah, I, I found out real quickly as <laughs> soon as I moved in town. People made it very clear to me this one is circled every year, and, and it matters. Well, and you got to taste a little bit of BYU. People forget, well, you spent some time in New Mexico. Yeah, yeah, we played them every year, and that's when they were in the league at the time. Uh, I think we beat them one time uh, during that time. They were always, again, big, long, uh, veteran team. You know, I remember a name like Luke Staley. Y'all remember that name? Yeah, that I mean, so played, played some good dudes. Uh, it, it's, uh, I think I want to, I'm almost positive, Lavelle Edwards' last game in – I can't remember what it was. It was a big game. You could tell it was packed out of their place there at uh, at the home stadium. Yeah, it might have been the last home game down yeah, there. Yeah, last home yeah. game. So, yeah, there's some great some great memories. Um, a lot of respect for them. But, uh, you know, I, I just feel like our guys, we talked today, man, this is we got to play our best ball. But, man, wouldn't you talk about a better way to get a bad taste out of your mouth after a loss than beating a, top, you know, a ranked BYU team? That would be a great way to go in the open, no. open week, I'd say. No doubt about that. All right, uh, go ahead. First question. Hey, Coach. Uh, You're good. Okay. Um, so, uh, obviously, this is your first loss uh, here as an Aggie. Um, uh, tell us about what's your process going from a tough game like that and then short week preparing for next week. What's, what's your process? Well, you know, we meet we meet at 1.30 on Monday uh, with our guys. And I tell everybody can, they can sulk and pout all they want to till 1.30 on Monday, and then we're done. It's, it's time to turn the page. We we dissect the tape. We look at the good and the bad. We're very critical, even of me and the coaches. Uh, we From top down, everybody is on the table to, to, you know, to get a spanking if they didn't do stuff right. But then, um, you know, the, the thing that came out of this one, and this, you, you, again, not moral victories, but also all right, what are we doing well? What can we hang our hat on? The attitudes, the energy, the effort that we're getting, uh, that is where I focused. And then I focused on, all right, 
the the unforced errors, the things that we did that were self-destructive. And just take a teaching approach, man. This is something that we did wrong. Make sure everybody in the room understands what about it hurt us and why it's something we can't continue to do, and then move forward teaching that so that we don't we don't make those same mistakes. Man, I think you got to work the problem. You got to work the problem, and, and you can't let one one loss turn into two. And you may lose the next game because of the the matchup or the team or whatever, but you don't want the same mistakes to carry over. You don't, and you don't want bad energy to carry over. So. At 1.30 on Monday, it's time to move on. Yeah. Get a smile on your face. Let's go to work. Question, and again, we uh, we stream this on Facebook, so questions coming in from Facebook as well. Uh, a uh, listener on Facebook wanting to know if there's a plan to maybe use the tight ends a little bit more in the offensive game plan. Yeah, I mean, if if the way we are played allows that to happen, I mean, you saw in the Air Force game a couple of really good opportunities. Uh, we had a couple things dialed up the other day that didn't go as planned, and, and they would have had an opportunity to get the ball a little bit more, but – our idea of balance is spread the ball to everybody and, and really take what they give you. Uh, and I felt like that's, you know, we really did that for the most part. Had we not bottled up down in the score zone, I would have told you, you know, we, we had a really, really good plan. Uh, but those guys are always part of it, and we have a lot of confidence in, in the guys that are going out there, especially, you know, Carson Terra is I mean, he's one of the most veteran, uh, mature yeah. guys on the team. Absolutely love to get him the ball when we can. Uh, the other element, too, that I think is really interesting is from a coaching standpoint, just talking X's and O's, I mean, going from the 20 to 20 is hard, but that 20 in, as you've mentioned, the, the field shortens up. There's so much traffic in there. Uh, it, it, how difficult is it just to prepare for that? I mean, is it, I mean, just the, the game planning on how you execute inside yeah. the red zone? Well, you know, a team that is built off a of space, well, you've reduced the space yeah. you know, into a third or half or even less, you know, some of that. And then, when you're playing a team with length, a lot of the other problems is you don't get a ton of opportunity to see how they're going to defend you in that area. You know, what we do on offense is pretty unique. You don't just turn on any film and say, this is how they're going to, they're going to defend us the way they defended a traditional offense. They're going to defend us in a unique way. When you get in, down there, you have to see what that looks like and then figure out from there, all right, how do we want to attack it? That's always a chess match that's hard. Sometimes we do a better job than others. That was – that was one of those in-game adjustments. We really didn't have a great answer because we couldn't just pound the ball in the end zone. We needed to be able to do that, uh, and, and we didn't do a great job of that. We ran it back out, ran it well out in open field, but did not run it well down in there. If you remember, we were off schedule down there a lot. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing with this offense too. You keep it ahead of the chain. Sometimes second and nine, second and ten, stuff like that really alters yeah. who you are offensively. Well, that alters everybody, but it, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. definitely, definitely is not. You know, it's one thing out in open field, but once you start running out of space, you're, you're really playing into the defense's hand. It makes it really difficult. You mentioned in the press conference on Monday that you were really narrowing in on Logan being the starting quarterback yeah. uh, and mentioned that maybe it felt like a bit of a two-system quarterback in that game against Boise State. It did. I think we got a little bit about, out of where we wanted to be character-wise. Uh, we were trying to change the pace and felt like that Peasley's feet could do that. Uh, but kind of one series turned into two, and, and it, it became a little bit more of a two-system quarterback than we want it to be. I mean, we clearly know that right now where we're at, Logan, inside our system is, is the right choice. And we do want to continue to yeah. use Peasley sparingly and, and to change the pace. And, but it, I, I, I felt like it, both Tuck and I coming out of the game felt like it got a little bit muddy, and we don't want that to happen. How's he, uh, how's he holding up? Still any, any uh, ill effects from that back hit or that uh, hit against the back? I mean, I think he was a little bit stiff, but not, not stiff enough to affect play. Yeah. All right, coming up next, you're going to hear from Nick Henniger as well as Derek Wright. 
as we get you ready for kickoff. It is Utah State and BYU coming up on Friday. It's all straight ahead. You're listening to Aggie Football from Learfield. Whatever your type of home. Yeah, for real. The Blake Anderson Coaches Show. We are live here at Old Chicago. Love for you to come by and hang out with us. Uh, by the way, you can come by every Tuesday. Uh, next week on the bye week, we will not have a show. So you get an off week next week. But then uh, back at it, getting ready for UNLV coming up here in a couple weeks. But joined now by a couple guys that uh, grew up here in the state of Utah that know this rivalry very well, Derek Wright, as well as Nick Henniger, kind enough to join us. And, uh, Nick, let's start with you, man. Um, you've been all over the place on the field. Uh, you have uh, uh, you've had some impressive play. This defense has played uh, really, really well to start the season. I know you had a disappointing loss against Boise, but kind of give me your thoughts on how the first four games of the season has gone for you personally and then overall as a defense. Um, well, I'll say this. After going through a tough season last year, yeah. there was a lot of adversity on and off the field. Uh, getting that first victory, I think I, I, think I uh, teared up and cried after each victory because – after going through a season like like last year, you really do cherish those wins because I mean, they're why we play, right? We play for the wins, and that's our objective and goal. And going through last year with the one and six record, I felt we were better than a one and six team, but obviously we didn't we didn't uh, execute yeah. like we should have. And they feel great. I mean, obviously you work with our sport. It's not like you play basketball. You get games every week, you know. With football, it's we work all year round for twelve guaranteed. Twelve guaranteed. I say guaranteed. Last year they weren't guaranteed, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. you just never know. Derek, how about you, man? Uh, I know last year was difficult for everybody. Uh, what has this been like for you and this offense, uh, and being a big part of this offense as well? How, t- talk a little bit about your perspective on this team and uh, how you feel like this offense has been, and how much fun it is to play play in. Yeah, this offense um, compared to you know last year and previous years that I've been here. A lot more up-tempo, get the opportunity to, you know, get more plays in, stuff like that. Um, I love how spread out we can get, um, make the defense kind of work to, you know, decide on what they want to do with their schemes and stuff. Um, Obviously, this year already is off to a much better start than last year. Yeah. Like Nick said, last year was frustrating. We all felt like we were much better than our record showed. And, you know, if you go look look back at some of those games, we were, you know, in them for – until you know later in the second half and it just slipped away and so i i'm more happy this year with how we've been able to stick with teams and come back so far in the second half obviously this last game didn't go that way but um you know i'm just happy with the turnaround that we've been able to make well there's been a couple times and you know you've got the washington state game and then you got the the game against the Air Force where it's late in the game and you've got to go down and you've got to score a touchdown your defense has gotten you in a position where you can do that and we go down, we score, we win the game. How much fun is that to be a part of in, the, in an offense and to go out there and actually do it? Yeah, it's tons of fun. I mean, on the sideline we were all talking, you know, letting the defense know before they go out on the field, like, get us one stop, get us the ball, and we'll, you know, we'll make it happen. Yeah. We were all very confident in ourselves. We were able to, you know, obviously go down the field and execute um, the way that we knew that we could and, you know, eventually come away with the win. Nick, everybody who talks about your play talks about the fact he's always around the ball and he's chasing dudes around. He's always in the play. He's always making it happen. 
Um, where does that come from? Is that your part of your DNA? Were you coached up that way? Is that how you do things at Bingham High School? Like where, 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 where did that develop from that relent relentlessness? Uh, I will give a shout out to Coach Peck, who's yeah. down there at Bingham High School. He, he definitely held us to that standard when we were there. He had a deal with us where he said, if you sprint during practice, then you don't have to condition after practice. But if he catches anybody during practice not sprinting to the ball or on and off the field, then we'd condition. I think we may be conditioned two or three times that entire season. So if he catches one person, then everybody has everybody to. Has oh, to go. Okay, that, that, so that's going to get you in trouble this real team, quick. Yeah. yeah, this team has actually been really similar to that because Coach Anderson has the uh, uh, high volume days where we're sprinting on and off the field, and low volume days where you know we can jog off. But yeah. very very similar when it comes to in practice, you sprint full speed, even coming on and off the field, which I think has helped us uh, maintain that level of conditioning that Coach Paul Jackson helped uh, create, establish in the offseason summer. And, yeah. Uh, how much, when you go up against this offense in practice and fall camp and stuff like that, and you have to play at their pace, does it make it a little bit easier when you're up against a team like, okay, well, this, they're huddling up. This, this isn't that bad. Most definitely. They, yeah. they are definitely the fastest offense we play, and especially in practice, yeah. Derek's smiling over here because in practice we have our equipment managers and they're spotting the ball faster than the refs would, right? So the O-line's already setting up. Defense is still chasing the ball. And you turn around and the quarterback's, all right, let's go, let's get set. We're like, what's the call? You know, yeah. so it definitely you, – you put us in the toughest situations in practice with our offense so that when it goes to the game, it, it definitely slows it down because you don't want to have your hardest days be in the game, right? Yeah, for sure. So our offense does a great job of challenging us and us challenging them to make each other better. Derek, do you notice defenses third, fourth quarter start to wear down? Have you noticed that the first, you know, some of the these first four games of the season? Oh yeah, I mean, first few games, the corners lining up over me were I could hear them breathing from ten yards away. Yeah, <laughs> and when we were on our sideline. You know, when I was lined up on our sideline later in those games, I kept looking at my coach, and I was like, he is dead tired right now. We need to attack. So that helps us, obviously, um, the conditioning that we did over the summer. And like he said, you know, like Nick said, our conditioning that we, you know, do during practice, um, we're not we're not as tired as them, obviously, late in the games. And it, it's, it showed. I've never heard a strength and conditioning coach's name come up more than I have at Paul Jackson. And I've, you know, I – I do a show down Salt Lake, so I cover Utah, BYU, and, and I've never heard teams reference their strength and conditioning coach more than Utah State has in Coach Jackson. Derek, what, what's been the key to, to him, and what has he brought to this team? Because certainly everybody's singing his praises. Yeah, I mean, it just shows late in the games, obviously. Yeah. Um, the conditioning that we went through is by far been the toughest conditioning I've gone through so far. Um, the strength program. You know, coming in, going into fall camp, I was weighing more and felt better than I ever have. I was lifting more than I ever have. And I was, by the end of the summer, I was making our conditioning times a lot easier than I was at the beginning. And each week actually got progressively harder and harder throughout the summer. And by then, I mean, we were, we were all going through it pretty easily. Nick, this uh, growing up here in the state of Utah, you know this game means a lot to a lot of people. Um, what does it mean when you face up against BYU? What is that? Because uh, you not only did it as an Aggie, you got a bunch of wins against them as a member of the University of Utah as well. Yes, sir. So, um, 
playing BYU is uh, definitely a rivalry on both sides, playing at the University of Utah and now here at Utah State. It's a fun game. Uh, it's, a, it's a game. You, I mean, it's a rivalry game. At the yeah. end of the day, there's a lot of emotion, especially in the community, uh, Logan, Cache Valley and Provo. It's an emotional game. That's what I'll say about it. And uh, I, I've just heard some some people trying to say, you know, it's 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 not a rivalry. The BYU Utah one's a rivalry, and I'm like, I've played at both, and it is a rivalry nonetheless. Yeah. And you know, I would for those who have recently said that, I would say, yeah, I would try and forget the last couple of years where they've lost at home too, if I were them. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is a rivalry. I respect this team. Obviously, you can see on film they are a a really good team. A great opponent for us to go face, but don't get it twisted. This is still a rivalry, and we will bring that intensity to this game. Derek, from your perspective, you grew up here in the state. You know that there's something special in the air when it's BYU week, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in Utah County um, almost my whole life. I was recruited a little bit by BYU. Um, and like Nick said, there's some trying to kind of claim that it's not a rivalry. I've already had a bunch of my friends on the BYU team sending me pictures of the wagon wheel and, you know, in our group messages with all of our friends trying yeah. to get score predictions. It's it's a rivalry. They they might not want to think it is. They might, you know, they're going to come in here and think that they're going to get, get an easy win and we're going to bring the energy level like it's a rivalry. And, and by the, at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. How difficult, if you're a defensive coordinator, is this offense that you have to prepare for when you use – not just uh, the you know the whole field laterally, uh, or, or from lengthwise, but but from sideline to sideline as well. Yeah, I mean, week one I had one of my buddies sending me a picture of our you know watching us on TV and said, I've never seen splits as wide as you guys are are out there right now. And the other thing too that I think is helping us is we're not predominantly passing, we're not predominantly yeah. running, right? They can't just come in and say, well, let's just stop the run, load the box, because then that leaves us with some, you know, matchups that we like on the outside, you know, or they can try and spread it out and leave us with the favorable, you know, box to run the ball. And so that's part of the reason why we, you know, try and have such wide splits and spread the ball out and move fast because it does, you know, cause problems for the defenses and the defensive coordinator. They have to, you know, try and get calls in as fast as they can while we're getting lined up they don't know where we're lining up by the time they see where we are we're already snapping the ball and so that's been able to help us a lot so far nick this is probably the uh biggest offensive line uh that you'll face in terms of you know length in terms of size what have you seen out of this group on film and uh you don't have to go x's and o's because coach will yell at me for asking a question about that but uh but what, what have you seen out of this offense and uh and and how do you feel like you can attack it uh, like I said, I respect this O-line, this offense in general. Uh, they've shown that they can beat really good opponents. They've played a few Pac-12 teams and, and won. And uh, when it comes down to X and, X's and O's, I won't get into our necessarily, yeah. but I will say uh, one of the reasons we lost last week and the reason we keep hurting ourselves is literally us, right? We're not executing our technique. We're not over the hash when we need to be, you know, just small things in our technique and the details where for us to win games, to continue the success we've got, we can't just win on effort and physicality, right? We have to hone in on the details. And at the end of the day, if we're going to win this week, we have to fix what we need to fix, not worry about what they're doing. Because yeah. this is obviously a, a great team. They run America's offense. They're, they're good. 
but we just need to focus on our scheme and do our job. One of the reasons we like getting you guys on the air, we like to kind of learn more about you as individuals, not just as football players. So, Nick, let's start with you. Uh, I know you want to be playing this game for a long, long time, but when it's time to hang up the cleats, what are you studying? What do you want to do? Uh, uh, well, I've been in college for a long time I know, now right? with the COVID season and everything. So I originally did business at uh, the University of Utah, graduated there, came up here, did the MBA uh, program with data analytics. And with COVID, now I'm doing uh, unmanned aerial systems, which is really just drone flying. Yeah. So, I mean, we're right next to the park, the, uh, yeah. the field I go fly at with our classes. So, so you've got your undergrad and you got your MBA under your belt. Yes, sir. Had a boy. Good for you. So that's awesome. So and, I definitely want now to, some kind of degree yeah, in so drone, now flying. drone flying. So uh, it's real fun stuff. At the end of the day, uh, we'll see what I end up doing. Yeah. You know, I love real estate. Love investing. Love doing that. I'm all about learning about passive income and building a portfolio. But uh, whatever I do, I want to be able to be in a team environment and build a successful culture because yeah. I've been on multiple teams and I've seen different coaches and how they how they try and build and establish a culture. And it's just something, I, a challenge I've seen in myself. Where I'm like, I would love to build a successful culture, whether that's through business, through coaching a team, yeah. whatever it is. Derek, how about you? When you hang up the cleats, what do you want to be doing? Um, the plan for me and my wife is kind of – still a little bit up in the air yeah um i have been mainly leaning towards moving back closer to family in the utah county area uh my dad has been in banking for as long as i've been alive probably um he's work he's working at a great bank in in provo with my uncle jeff actually so i think that that's something that i you know will look at doing um, getting into banking with them. Um, if not, then, you know, I have some other opportunities as well that, awesome. that could come up. So, Well, gentlemen, this has been a fun conversation. We appreciate it. Great insight. Uh, go get that W on Friday, all right? Yes, sir. Let's yes, do sir. it. Thank you. Not that I have anything to do with it, guys, <laughs> but appreciate it. There you go. Derek Wright, Nick Henniger joining us. Great conversation. Final uh, conversation with Coach coming up next. It's all right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. All right, final segment of the show. You're listening to the Blake Anderson Coaching Show. We're live here at Old Chicago. Hey, if you didn't make it by tonight, remember, we got all kinds of great prizes that we give away. Uh, we also, if you have are a member of the uh, USU Credit Union, you bring your card by, uh, and uh, the next show you show it to Ajay. He promises not to write down the number or anything like that, and uh, that makes you eligible for even more prizes as well. So we want to hook you up while you're here and uh, get you ready for some football, and a big one coming up on Friday is Utah State taking on BYU. One thing about BYU, they have started off fast in their games. Um, you're more of a second-half team, and i got to imagine that's not something that you've enjoyed. Uh, but uh, a fast start for your offense, I'm sure, is going to be one of the things you're, you're hoping for in this game. Yeah, I'd like to get off to a better start than we have. And none of that's been by design. It's just yeah. been the nature of how the games go. So love the fact that our guys don't give up and we've made some plays in the second half. But it's beyond stressful to be in that environment. And, and obviously, at some point, it's going to catch up to you, which it did this week. So... I'm hoping that we can come out and play solid ball from beginning to end, play our best ball. Still don't think we've done that yet in all three phases, and, and you heard the guys talking about it. Man, they know what we're up against. We just got to we gotta 
execute better and play better ball. And if we do, man, the sky's the limit on what this team can achieve. The other element to it as well is the fact that you're going to be playing in a stadium that is already sold out. If you want tickets to that game, uh, you may need to check out that secondary market. But I hear they're pricey. Yeah. So uh, good luck with that. But it's that stadium should be rocking on yeah, Friday. Yeah, it should be. I, I, matter of fact, I heard they're, they're way pricey. Maybe the, the hottest on the market right yeah. now. So uh, I love it. This um, it's just something that you don't all, you don't get everywhere. Uh, uh, an electric, energized, packed stadium. Student section going crazy. I, I, we're looking forward to it. Blacked out on Friday night. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better environment. We just, again, focus on our job, do our job, play hard. And, and I'll, I, again, I, I think anybody on our schedule we can beat if we, if we do, if we play our best ball. You've, uh, you've been around. You've been in the ACC. You've been in the Sun Belt. You've been around. That student section is really impressive. Oh, no doubt. I've been in a lot of, a lot of big stadiums, Yeah, a lot of packed stadiums. Our student section is unique, and uh, it's super fun to see them get going. Um, man, it, it can definitely – and I just think our kids feed off of it so well. Yeah. And it's not just a student section. Obviously, you know, you, the way our stadium sits down in a whole uh, packed house, it, it's, it's, it's fun. I tell you, one of the reasons I wanted to come out here and take this job was I'd been here before. I remember what that was like. Yeah. And, and I think it even can t- be taken to another level. A lot of people remember 2014, you actually beat Utah State. And then the next week, Utah State went out and beat a 4-0 ranked BYU team yeah. down in Provo. So yeah. that, that's come up a few times. Yeah, I, I remember watching that game. You know, Matt uh, Wells being a good friend of mine, that was a game I watched. And uh, I, mean, I kind of looked at the history. I mean, and Nick was telling you, uh, you throw records out the window. You throw re- Honestly, you throw paper. You throw the talent on paper. And in a rivalry game, you go play. Yeah. And anything can happen, and we're going we're gonna to give them everything they want on Friday night. Look at that. He's getting some applause there as uh, people fired up. And, it, and it's a special game. It's a special rivalry, and we're excited, obviously, for the game coming up on Friday. And uh, place is going to be blacked out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I uh, can't wait for it to go, Coach. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. There you go. That is Blake Anderson. This is your coach's show. We've been live here at Old Chicago. Remember, come by not next week. We'll be off next week, giving Coach a week off. The week after, we'll be back. Don't fist bump too much on that. (laughs) Uh, We'll be back with you in two weeks as Utah State will take on UNLV, but it's all about BYU coming up on Friday. Remember, kickoff at 7, pregame show at 6, and you'll hear right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield.